BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Oak Essentials is an amazing skincare brand full of luxurious products that really work, especially if you're trying to achieve that natural, no makeup makeup look. I have gotten more and more into skincare and finding my favorite products. And one of my favorite products is from Oak Essentials, and it's their Moisture Rich Balm. This is a moisturizer that I love to use specifically at night. You can use it during the day and a little goes a long way. I particularly love to use it at night because I feel like I just kind of lather it on. I have a really naturally dry skin. So then to wake up and it to be way more moisturized than it usually is. And it was kind of crazy the first time I ever used Oak Essentials Moisture Rich Balm. I was shocked that when I woke up, I could still feel that my skin was hydrated. As far as ingredients in the balm, I mean, there's organic cocoa seed butter, organic coconut oil, there's fruit oil, and the routine product bundle includes the moisture-rich balm, which I've been raving about, ritual oil, cleansing balm, balancing mist, and restorative mask. Oak Essentials is the go-to skincare brand for radiant and glowing skin, and RealPod listeners get a 15% off discount on your first order when you use code RealPod. That's RealPod, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. So that's 15% off your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S dot com, promo code RealPod. Whether you're starting from scratch, okay, or you're filling in the gaps with your skincare, Oak Essentials will give you one less thing to worry about. So you know what? Treat yourself because you deserve it. Welcome to RealPod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick-Brown, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Okay, welcome back to RealPod. I am so excited that this episode is finally out to the world today from the moment we stopped recording this interview, truly. I just loved everything about this conversation and I could not wait 
until I could share it with all of you. Today's guest is Whitney Port. I'm sure pretty much all of you recognize that name. Whitney came up on very popular TV show, The Hills. She was also on The City. And she's been a public figure, a fashion icon, a reality TV star for like over 10 years now. And I was so grateful that Whitney wanted to come on RealPod and open up about something that's been gathering a lot of unwanted media attention, I'd say on like Whitney's behalf, which is commentary, speculation, judgment, and gossip about her body. To know that she felt comfortable coming on this podcast in our community and sharing what she's really feeling, I think just says so much about what we're all creating here at RealPod. So I want to thank each and every one of you who tunes in, who listens, and who supports because this is one of those episodes and one of those interviews that really encompasses what we're trying to do here at RealPod. Before we get started, I want to give two shout outs today. The first one is for Alexa. Hi, Alexa. Alexa left a review that said, VGB and RealPod is comfy cozy, like you're on the couch with her having important and meaningful conversations. Thank you so much, Alexa. That is everything we're trying to do here, truly. And also shout out to Chels. Hi, Chels. Chels said, I've been following Vic from another podcast and on Instagram, and I'm so happy she has her own show, RealPod. It's so relatable, great guests, and just overall an amazing podcast. Yay. Thank you, Chels. And thank you, Alexa. It means so much to me to receive your feedback and know that you're loving the show. I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening. And if you want to be the shout out on next week's episode, please head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review or a rating. You can also leave comments and questions, I believe, on Spotify. But however you can interact and rate the show wherever you listen, it really does mean a lot. So please do. And you just might be the shout out. So that's fun. All right. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with this episode featuring the one and only iconic Whitney Port. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on RealPod. I'm so excited. I have to start with like total confession. Okay. So I have never actually seen The Hills because when it came out, I th- I th- think I did the math. I was like nine. Oh my god! So I you just, were a baby. Yeah, but I do remember seeing you and your friends and everyone like in the magazines as I hit like thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. But is it weird for you when you talk to someone and you have no idea if they either know everything about you or they don't know? So I don't even think about it. Like I assume when I'm meeting someone that I'm meeting someone for the first time and that we're complete strangers. Like I don't even think about that anymore. Maybe it's because it's been so many years since the show that I don't think about that. And it's not like who I am. It's not my identity. But probably when I was younger and I was on the show, I imagined that I had a little bit of an ego and I'd probably wonder if people knew who I was. Yeah. But like, that's totally, it's it's not something, honestly, that like pops into my head now. That's cool. That's yeah. very humble of you. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's more people than you suspect. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> How did that come about? Do you- so... 
So I was like, I was never trying to be on TV. Like I really did always want to be in fashion. I grew up in fashion. My dad was in the fashion business. And I was actually just interning at Women's Wear Daily one summer in Los Angeles. And I heard that Teen Vogue was interviewing interns for the fall year. And I went to USC, which my sister told me you went as well. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So fellow Trojan. Love it. So I, I was going to USC and I wanted to have an internship while I was there. So Teen Vogue was looking for them. I was like, I'll apply. Sent in my resume. Next thing I know, I get a call from MTV and they're like, we see you applied for an internship at Teen Vogue. We're actually shooting a reality TV show with them. We're following some girls in Los Angeles. One of them will be working alongside of you. Like, is this something you'd be interested in? Would you be interested in doing a casting tape? Wow. And then the next thing I know, long story short, like I did the casting tape and they called me in for my first day of filming, which was my interview for the actual internship. And I walk into the office and I'm sitting in the waiting room and in comes Lauren. We're being filmed. Cameras are all set up. And I knew at the time who she was because I had watched Laguna Beach. So the first day of filming was the first day I found out that I was doing her spinoff show, which then like a lot of things clicked. And I was like, okay, I understand what kind of show I'm on now. And like, I feel like I was kind of relieved because I just, I had no idea what I signed up for. I was like very naive and just went for it. But yeah, that's how it all started. What do you think it was about your resume specifically? Like you weren't even working there for them to be like, this is the applicant out of thousands of applicants. What what did you have on the resume? I (laughs) have no idea. Like... I don't know. That's a really good question. I wish I could get access to that resume that I sent in. I think that they probably got a lot of resumes and they probably called a lot of people and did casting tapes with a bunch of them. Mm. And then they chose me when they saw my casting tape. I don't know. They thought I was like an LA girl into fashion, like very expressive. I don't know. Like for me, it's weird because I never thought of myself as being someone that would be a good reality TV character. Like I'm not a drama queen. I'm not going to do stuff like that for the sake of fame. So it was always like, why? But then I I think Adam DeBell, the producer of the show, did always want to cast people that had a sense of normalcy so that there were people that the viewer could like identify with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my story. And how much did your life change as filming went on and the first season come out. Like, because I remember, like I said, the magazines, it was like you, Lauren, Audrina, like everywhere. Every, what they wear when they were shopping, stars, they're just like us. Yeah, (laughs) it was, it wasn't until I think like I got out of college, like our third season of The Hills that I started to really notice a difference in my life. Like that I started making a bunch of money and having this attention and not really knowing exactly what to do with it. Like for me, I felt just like it was all happening to me too young. And luckily I I came from a good family who was able to like keep my head above water and like be real with me. But for the most part, I was just like a normal college student. And I had a boyfriend that didn't want to be on the show. And I was really living like my own normal college life. I was just going into film in like the closet with Lauren. It wasn't until I filmed The City that my actual personal life was shown. Mm. Yeah. And how did it affect your self-esteem? You mentioned earlier identity. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. That's 
so intriguing. Yeah. So it affected it big time. I mean, I always had a really healthy body image. Like I remember some thoughts when I was in high school feeling like a little bit bigger than the girls. Like I was tall and I had big boobs and I remember feeling bigger, uh, but never, never to the point where I was doing anything about it. And then once I got on TV, when I was in college, I saw myself on TV and it was like that real, like, whoa, does the camera really add 10 pounds or do I really need to lose some weight? Like Mm -hmm. need in quotes, you know, like based on what, based on who, like these are all such, you know, they're conditioned in us. So I see myself on the screen and I'm like, oh my God, I need to lose weight. And that was my first time where that affected my relationship with my body for sure. Wow. I feel such a parallel because I struggled in high school with just disordered eating and mm-hmm. counting calories. and mm-hmm. But I didn't think anything of it because I'm like, that's what everyone is doing. Totally. But then in college, not the same as cameras being on you 24-7, but on the volleyball court, you know, I'm in these spandex and this tight uniform and there's people taking photos like right at below the net. And then those are getting posted. It's like you can't hide a thing. No. Yeah. And then you compare to other people. And yeah, you also that's an age where in college our bodies are still changing. Mm-hmm. There's this belief that like it's puberty at 14, you get your boobs and then you're done. It's like, what about the adult puberty we go through between like 18 to 25? Oh my God, <laughs> it's beyond. Like when I was 18 and went to college, I gained 40 pounds like my first year of college. And that wasn't even from drinking because I was like such a prude. I was I was just eating my feelings because yeah. I was so unhappy at college. But yeah, I am just so grateful that there wasn't social media when The Hills was on because for you, you grew up in a different time where what, when did you start using social media? High school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like we were getting paparazzi'd and those pictures were out and about, but we weren't sharing any photos. There weren't photos around of us. There weren't videos around of us. There wasn't a space for people to comment about us. Like Mm -hmm. there wasn't any of that. So that really helped us, I think. Like, I don't know what I would be like today. There was like Twitter and DMs. Yeah. (laughs) If people were like picking us apart that much, honestly, like that would be exhausting. Wait, when you said you were so unhappy at college, what was that about? Well, so I went to University of Colorado in Boulder for a year and a half and then I transferred to USC and I was just lonely. Like it was just me thinking that I wanted this like big rah-rah football school away from LA and I got there and was like, oh my God, like I'm one of a million and I don't ski and I didn't do a sorority, which I totally should have. It's just like I didn't get involved. And instead of sticking with it, I decided to apply to USC. And they were like, if you want to get in, you have to get straight A's and you can come. So I applied to USC and did that. And then had I not done that, I never would have gotten on the show because I never would have then got the job in LA and did the whole thing. But Sometimes you have regrets. Like I do have one regret. I have a regret that I gave up on that part of my life so quickly on like the Boulder College, like just picked up and went home. But again, everything happens for a reason. So I I was literally thinking how in one perspective you could think, oh, I failed. Like I wanted to go leave the state, leave my family, do this big thing. And I and I I could do something on my own. Yeah. And then you're having that conversation of I didn't. If I go you know, this is, quote, like I gave up. But that decision led to this amazing career in life that you have now. Yeah. And it reminds me of this story that 
I saw Tom Brady say once and it went viral and it uh-huh. was amazing. And I recently read it in this book I'm reading called A New Earth. And okay. it's kind of like this maybe story. And it basically says, I think the tale is like a son brings, you know, a cow back home to his dad and says, dad, look, I got a cow. Like, isn't this great? Now we can like have milk and we can provide. And the dad says, maybe. And then the next day, like the cow twists its ankle and now it like isn't worthy of the production. And Uh now they have to care for the cow and put more money into it. And everyone's like, we're so sorry about this accident. And the dad's like, maybe. And then they take the cow to see the doctor. And the day that they do that, their house like goes up in fire. And someone's like, aren't you so glad that the cow got injured and you went to the hospital? And the dad's like, maybe. Uh And the whole thing is you don't know if something is good or bad. It's so true. I know. It's so true. It's like sometimes when you think about that, though, you're like, oh, my God, then there's just like no control we have over stuff. And, you know, you feel like a little bit lost. But yes, you never know what road can be there, like behind the other door, you know, and I've never really thought about it that way. Like, of course, I've thought about not doing the show before or how my life would be different. But yeah, we all have to give ourselves a little bit of grace and look at all of those things, not as failures, but it's just like paths to another destiny almost. You know what it is, okay? Another real pod episode, another break to talk about AG1 because I can't say enough about it. Seriously, I love it that much. And my favorite thing is when some of you will DM me and be like, Vic, I finally did it. I got my AG1 and I'm never going back. And I'm like, I freaking told you, okay? AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. And since 2010, AG1 has a led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way just to elevate baseline health, which is why I'm all about it. And every scoop includes prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, magnesium and B vitamins and adaptogens. I mean, there's so much goodness in there. And then I shake, shake, shake. I drink it. I like to have it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. I'm religious about it. And I bring my travel packs whenever I'm on the road. And if you want five free travel packs, listen to this. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash realpod. That's drinkag1.com slash realpod. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I've been a partner with them for so long long. So trust me on this. That's drinkag1.com slash real pod. Check it out. Okay. I love this for me. I'm drinking my element right now and I'm going to share why I love Element and give you a special discount code because they're a sponsor of real pod. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix. Okay. You've probably heard me talk about it before. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs, and electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body. Personally, when I feel fatigued, I have headaches, I have muscle cramps, sleeplessness, any of those common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency, I don't hesitate to reach for Element. And I feel the difference. When I drink Element, it is game changing. And I feel like all of my friends that have gotten hooked on it will rave about how Element is truly the best. 
And I've been working out a lot more now. And every day that I do work out, I have element on that day. Because when you sweat, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium. Athletes specifically could lose up to like seven grams per day. And when sodium is not replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. I sometimes think about how I wish I had element when I was a college athlete. Like I cannot believe I made it through without element. Right now, Element is offering RealPod listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets for free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors, okay? My favorite is raspberry, and my second favorite is the citrus lime. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash RealPod. This deal is only available through my link, so you must go to drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash RealPod. When you were speaking before about, you know, not having the Twitter and the Instagram, yeah. it is something we have now. And you've been really open recently about receiving like so many unsolicited comments, judgments. Yeah. And it's something that comes with the territory of what we do. But sometimes it can feel like it crosses a line and yes. people aren't entitled to the personal intimate details about our life, mm-hmm. our body, our relationship with food. But recently on With Wit, you released a podcast episode kind of addressing people's concerns about your body. Mm -hmm. What made you want to do that? So I think, honestly, I really didn't want to, but I felt like this conversation was being had so much without me Mm. on my feed, like in my space and my community that I got to the point where I was like sick of people having this conversation without me being involved in it. It just felt like someone was like bullying me or something and no one was sticking up for me and I wasn't sticking up for myself. So I was like, I have to like stick up for myself almost. And looking back on it, I sort of wish I hadn't done it because Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes when you do that, then you create a space for people to have more of a conversation about it. And you create a space where it gives people the opportunity, even if they weren't thinking about it. Now you're like opening it up for them for breeding season to say whatever they want, you know? So if you don't put it out there, then you don't give them that opportunity. But if you don't put it out there, then you're not being vulnerable and sharing what so many people need to see in order for them to feel okay in their own bodies and skin, Mm -hmm. you know? So like you said, it's such a double-edged sword. Like I really want to be vulnerable and share vulnerable things because I feel comfortable doing that, but I also don't want that to be used against me. So I think there's just a difference. Like I said, I'm open to people's concern and opinions if it's coming from a place of real care and concern. What I'm not cool with is like the quick insults that don't need to be said. Like maybe if you gain 20 pounds, you'd be able to get pregnant or like, you know, just little insensitive digs. Like those are unnecessary, you know? So it's just, yeah. I'm glad you said that last part because I was thinking too, It is one thing for people you know who have relationships with you to sit down no matter what it is in your life to have that conversation with you. It's a completely different, inappropriate thing to tag your friend and say, look at her legs in this picture or look at this. It's like as if you can't see it. Right. But the thing is, is like I brought it up in the first place. So I think, well, that's the thing. I say I brought it up in the first place, but I'm like, I didn't really bring it up. They were all talking about it and then I brought it up. But I feel like because I said something about it and acknowledged it, it gives them opportunity to say even more about it. And by that brought it up, you mean the podcast episode or was there something The podcast episode, just a little 
I like said something and then waited a week and then said something else, like all these little comments. And it's hard. Like I said, it's hard because I do want to talk about what's really going on because I think that we all get lost in like this whole version of it because it's important to know in order to be able to help. But I don't know. I just feel like there's different tones when it comes to how you are on social media. And I think certain tones are necessary and good and create community. And like certain tones are just completely Mm -hmm. unnecessary. And when your podcast and your Instagram, like it is you and it's about your life. Yeah. It is hard to also like withhold things that are important to you or that are really happening and significant. Exactly. And I want to share those things. And I do. And for the most part, the community is really supportive. I think it's true what people say. We all get hung up on the negative stuff so much more than we focus on like the positive. And that is true. But I think what we have to do is really just let that stuff go in one ear and out the other and like Mm -hmm. not put weight on it. Like Mm -hmm. it just cannot mean anything to us. I'm so sorry that you didn't like really want to do it and you felt that you had to. But I I sympathize and I get it. Like you didn't really have a choice because it almost does become a bullying of we're going to comment this on every post until she has to say it. Exactly. On every post, there kept on being multiple conversations about it. And yeah, so then I brought it up and then it stopped for a little, like I said, and then I brought it up again because there was like another major one that I had posted that sparked this conversation. And then now I realized like I just need to focus on my happiness, my healthiness, like knowing what I'm doing in order to like take charge of my, like I said, my health and my happiness and like not let anybody else define that. Mm-hmm. And you were really vulnerable and open in the part of your podcast. You talked about it, expressing that Timmy had had a concern. Like, yes. That's the thing is I can tell by the type of person you are, you have like one speed. You're yourself or you're not. Yeah. And so there's no world where you read this like typed sentence and call that like, you know, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that your husband expressed that he was yes, concerned, yes, which so, is a vulnerable thing to tell the world. Totally. So what happened was my husband was seeing all the comments on the posts and was like, so I've been wanting to say something and all these people are having this conversation. And so I think it's like time first, like you and I address it and then we can figure out if it's something that you want to talk about. But yeah, I mean, he was noticing that I was just not taking care of myself and like not making food a priority. And I'm just the kind of person that eats to live, doesn't live to eat. And I'll go the whole day with maybe just like just drinking a smoothie and then have a big dinner and think that's enough, you know, and like that is not healthy. And I think that being busy and bearing like a lot of other stuff that I've had going on the past, what I don't know, 10 years of my life, it all can catch up with you. And it just kind of caught up with me this past year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once Timmy said something to me, I was like, okay, now I probably have to take a look at this. Yeah. Yeah. But I have like compassion for you when you explain that because you're busy, you're working, you have relationships you're dealing with, you have a career. Like I think some people look at the food conversation as very like it has to be one thing that fits in this box, Mm -hmm. like it's an insecurity or it's, you know, a result of society pressure. But Mm -hmm. for some or you're picky. Yeah. Yeah. But for some people, it can literally just be like 
I know when I'm feeling very anxious, I lose my appetite. Yeah. I don't want to lose my appetite and not have a meal. But if I have anxiety in my stomach, I physically can't do it. Right. And then to have people think, oh, no, you're just trying to skip a meal. It's like, no, that's not the case. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's like I never felt like I had an issue because I wasn't trying to be a certain way. I wasn't trying to be thin. Like I'm a naturally thin person who just, I think, allowed a little bit of like anxiety and some depression kind of lead the way within my body, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, it totally does. Yeah. And beforehand, seeing you receive so much like unsolicited judgment frustrated me. And then even now to just hear you talking about how it's like so not this intentional thing. And it's like the last thing you need if you're in that situation is the world telling you you're not up to par in a certain area. Right, right. I mean, the good thing is, is that it did force me to take a look at it and like try to make sure that I was being as healthy as possible. So I am grateful for that. That's one thing that is so great about the community is sometimes people are seeing you every day and listening to you and hearing you and they are picking up on certain cues and there are good people out there that care about you. And mm -hmm. I want that to come across too. And so I am grateful for that. But I'm like now going through like, how much do I say and how much do I not say? Like how much do I need to update people on any quote progress or what I'm eating in a day or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, which is so weird to think like, do I have to tell the public what I'm eating every day? Like as if they deserve that information. I know, I know. But it's like now anything food related that I want to post, I'm like thinking about if I'm going to get some sort of weird comment. I mean, not to that extent, but yeah, you get it. Which sucks because, you know, then you're overthinking it when you yes. were. That's a lot of, honestly, when I think about like, I had a binge eating disorder. Okay. So in college, like really resented a lot of my weight gain because of mm -hmm. volleyball. And uh -huh. I started restricting and not fueling myself. Okay. And then I was really anxious and depressed as well. I think we all have our anxious, depressy time in college. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> and I think they yeah. comes in waves throughout our lives. Yeah. Like, we're just normal human beings. And I yeah. was coping with food. It was like my comfort uh -huh. and my outlet. And then I would cry and feel shame and guilt and then restrict the next day. And uh -huh. then the cycle continued. But it's like when you make it a goal, even if it's in a good way, mm -hmm. then you're just thinking about it more. And it's like the attention on it sometimes isn't always the best thing. It's so true. So I was like, what do I do here? Kind of stuck. And so I decided to go see a nutritionist. And she really said, like, it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. Like, I was thinking if you go to a nutritionist, they're going to tell you you need like eight servings of protein a day, six servings of veggies, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is so intimidating for me. Like I'm not, that's going to become a whole full-time job. And for some people, it is very easy to feed themselves that much a day, you know, but for me, I'm not coming from that place. But I ended up, when I met with her, she was like, no, what feels good to you? Like what sounds good to you? What kind of eater are you? Are you a snacker? Do you like to sit down and eat big meals? And it was all about like intuitive eating, which I know we hear a lot, but all about just like tuning into really what sounds good to me. And to me, like I am a snacker. Like I want to munch on stuff all throughout the day, like breakfast and lunch. I may not want to sit down and have like a whole big thing, but I'm going to make sure that I'm like getting what I need in another way because there's mm -hmm. plenty of stuff I like to eat. So it's just about like us owning who we are as people and food and diet and body and all this stuff not being so prescriptive that it's yes. like it's so individual. Yes. Yeah. And the one size fits all model or the watching someone else's what I eat in a day and then comparing yourself. 
everyone is so different. Yes. And so I'm like an avid intuitive eater. Like I love it. It okay. really saved my relationship oh with my God, food. Amazing. Because I had never asked myself that question. What do I want? Right. How do I want to feel when I'm done eating before my game? Like, do I want to feel energized? Do I want to feel stuffed? Do I want to have a snack at halftime? And it was just so wild to me. And I remember one of the first pieces of intuitive eating, like literature I read, said, it doesn't matter how many calories are in an egg white. Do you want an egg white? Right. It's so <laughs> I true. Like, I literally have never even asked myself. I've just gone by what I was told. What you were thought was the, quote, healthiest option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm so good. It sounds like you found a really great nutritionist because some yes. of them create the problems. The dietitians and nutritionists, like, really? I so had this experience is my f- with that. Okay. So this is my first foray into this. This is the first nutritionist I've ever had. So, so far, I'm finding it pretty easy and not overwhelming, which is good for me. Like, in order to be consistent about something, like, I need it to be like that. I can't be too regimented or else I get stressed and I won't be consistent with it. So, it's also just about knowing that and going with someone that has that vibe. So, yeah, it's been good so far. So happy for Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. I mean, and the other part of this is like women in general are like so much more than our bodies and what we're eating. And yet it can't help but be like such the focus and the center. I don't think even when I think of male public figures yeah. who, I don't know, like Jonah Hill. I feel like everyone has seen that his body has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't see comments about it on every single thing he posts. No, that's for sure. <laughs> like, I agree. And even he is like an extreme version of that, you know? Like, people just don't comment on men's bodies nearly as much as they comment on women's bodies. And it's crazy how I think the comments that he gets are like, congratulations, this is amazing. Oh, well, that's true, but too. there's a yeah. certain type of thin or a certain type of body that that doesn't get praised. Like, so society's like praising you if you're in this specific weight range or, I mean, the whole thing is just messed up. And that's why I just think we should never comment on someone's that's, body. I agree. I feel like that should just be the rule. And that's what I'm teaching Sunny. And that's what I'm honestly reteaching myself, too. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I love therapy. I rave about therapy. I feel like if we did a stat, I would estimate that 80%, no, it's got to be higher, like 85% of my real podcasts have also either mentioned therapy or talked about going. It's just so great and it's so helpful. And therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back. And if you're thinking of starting therapy for yourself, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It is important that you vibe with your therapist, you trust them, you like the advice that they're giving you. And I love that BetterHelp gets that. They get it. And so they're not going to charge you if you need to switch or find who is best for you. I will say, though, the first time I ever tried BetterHelp, I loved the therapist that I was assigned to, and I never switched. So make your brain your friend, okay? Don't we love that? Just kidding. I can't ad-lib. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash real pod to get 10% off your first month. You can do this. You will thank yourself. Therapy was life-changing for me and I hope you give it a try. Head to betterhelp.com slash real pod for 10% off your first month. 
This episode is also sponsored by Vionic. I love Vionic. I need arch support. I need support for my feet, no matter what kind of shoe I'm wearing. Even if it's fall, okay, we're transitioning to boots. Vionic has the best curated styles to get you ready for the season. They have rich leathers and suede's for workwear outfits. They have weather-ready boots for a cute trip to the pumpkin patch. Love that. And they have performance sneakers to help you stay moving. And all of their shoes have Bionic's exclusive Viamotion technology, which is truly what sets them apart, okay? Bionic began by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long. I love wearing my Bionic shoes because if I don't wear Bionic, I have to buy a separate insert and put it in my shoe. So it's so nice when I'm slipping on a pair of my Bionic shoes and I know that they already have the arch support there. I love the Miles 2 sneaker. That's my favorite for everyday wear. Use code REALPOD15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. This is a big deal, okay? 15% off your entire order. So head to www.vionicshoes.com and use code REALPOD15. That's REALPOD15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order, one use only. When you, in the beginning, talked about identity, I would love to hear more about this because I think I'm always in a place where like, I feel like my identity shifts, whether you're online or you're not, even your family can say, you used to do one thing, now you're doing another. Like people are always trying to like put you in a box. Yeah. And I think it's because humans, if I get really philosophical, have a desire. We want to understand. We want to know. What has that been like for you feeling like you're far from maybe a reality TV day or the version of you that everyone knew when you were 23 and now you're a mom and in a different place? Yeah. So it's so crazy, the whole idea of identity. And I'm with you that I think that we are constantly changing and like people have all these preconceived notions of who we are. And I think that's another thing that we have to like totally uncondition, you know, especially with social media, because we see so much of what someone's life looks like on social media that we think we know them, but we don't. I have found it hard for myself sometimes to like to fully, fully like know who I am because I've had so many different phases and because I've been on TV and had like a little bit of imposter syndrome, not knowing how much of what I have in my life is because of the TV show versus how much I'm like good at what I do, you know? Mm. So I've struggled a little bit with that. And I think that that's caused like some insecurities. And I'm working more now on focusing on the qualities that I do have and the reasons why, yes, I would be in this place. Or of course, I'm in a happy marriage because I like knew what to look for. But my identity, I can't even put it into words. (laughs) Which that's that's like the (laughs) correct answer if there is one that we cannot define ourselves. I'm so, (laughs) I'm so, I don't want to say even complicated, but I'm 
there's like so many different facets of who I am that I can't really be explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I cannot <laughs> shut up about this book. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is so annoyed at me because I talk about it all the time, but yeah. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. I'm doing this book club podcast called So Much to Say About oh, It. fun. Yeah. It's a fun passion project. Yeah. But he literally talks about how when it comes to who we are, it's just the like, I am. Yeah. And there's nothing on the other side of that because we just are. We are present in this moment and we're beings that are ever changing with like time and experiences flowing through us. We can choose to be whatever we want in a moment. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. When you said your imposter syndrome thing, that interested me though, because I think no matter who anyone is or what they've done, we all have that little shred of it. So is that voice telling you like, you know, they chose you for this show and now these things happen because of the show. So like, what if I didn't get the show? Exactly. But then I would tell you, not that you're asking, that you <laughs> got chosen for that because of the special sparkle that you had. That's so nice. But that was for TV. That wasn't necessarily for the internship in fashion, which is what I really wanted. I think that's the part that people miss. It's like, I just wanted to really, I feel like, be taken seriously in fashion. And like, I think that that part was kind of taken away from me once I got on reality TV because at the time reality TV stars just like they weren't like taken seriously in the fashion world. And so that's just held on to me. And Mm. I feel like I can't get that part of my identity off of me, even though I don't want it. Like it's such a huge part of who I am and I'm so grateful for it. And I never regret doing the show. And if I was in that same position again, I would do it again. But I don't like the sometimes the negative connotations that it has stuck on me throughout my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it really does. Yeah. So what about now? Is that still something that you want to be like the main pillar of what you do? I know you're just at New York Fashion Week and your outfits were amazing. Thank you. So I'm not focusing on it like I got to get away from that, but I'm really just trying to focus on the things that make me happy that I would have done had I not been on the TV show. And I think that in doing that, that will prove it in and of itself. Like, I don't have to do anything specifically or say anything to try to get away from that. I just have to follow what I set out to do. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I also wanted to talk to you about your marriage. Yeah. Just because I'm, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary. Oh my God, congrats. Thank you. That's so exciting. And it's sadly not that common for long healthy relationships, especially in like media when it comes to celebrities. I feel like you guys are one of the few couples in reality TV or someone who was in reality TV to still be with their same partner for so many years. Yeah. That's crazy because I mean, we got married in 2015. So we will be married for eight years in November, but we were together for like two years before that. But what's crazy is that like even Heidi and Spencer are still, or you didn't watch yeah. the show. No, no, so but you, I know Heidi and Spencer. Yeah, okay. Just because if you're on TikTok, how do you not come across Spencer? Okay, he's hilarious. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, so oh, okay. I don't know. But he is hilarious. He's hilarious. I love but, them too. Yeah. I love they, it because people have tried to tear them apart. I agree. And I think that they're <laughs> Love obviously stands the test of it all because yeah. they're still together. But yeah, to me, we've been together for a while, but I think it's also because, well, one, we just chose well. 
And also, the two of us weren't on TV together. So none of our dirty laundry was ever aired, you know? And, like, I only have ever had one relationship on camera, and that was when I was dating this guy Jay on The City. And that was just because I knew it was just, like, a fun, frivolous relationship (laughs) that was, like, I wouldn't—it wasn't for the show, but I just wasn't as precious about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what has, you think, been, like, the keys and foundation to a healthy— relationship through the ups and downs through social media I think the biggest thing is just like fighting fair for us it's like talking to each other and really really listening to each other and not trying to think about what you're going to say before they get a chance to speak like not rehearsing your fight this isn't like a battle to win this is a conversation where you guys should both hear each other out and that you don't have to always agree and that it's okay to agree to disagree. And also for us taking breaks throughout fights, if you are ever I thought you were going to say throughout the relationship. No, no, no. <laughs> like, like, once a year we at take the a break. Beginning, <laughs> at the beginning for us, like my dad passed away when we were really just like starting to build our relationship and our family. And so I was just in a really fragile state. And I remember us having all these long drawn out conversations and he would want to like, you know, take a breather, take a walk or something. And I would feel like, no, please don't go. Don't leave. And I now looking back on that and after just maturing and communicating and working on it, I've realized that it's so important for everybody to get what they need in those moments that just because he needs to go take a breath and take a little walk to clear his head, it's not him abandoning me. Like it's my responsibility to take care of myself in that moment when he walks away. So just like those little things. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. We respond to everything as our better self two hours later. Yeah. Especially when you sleep on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's kind of one of those relationship cliches is like, never go to bed mad. Like, I, I know. I never thought that we should. And I was always <laughs> one of those people because I feel like that's something my parents always taught me. But yeah. now I'm more like, I don't want to go to bed mad because it's harder for me to fall asleep. But we can go to bed like a little bit unsettled yeah. so that we get perspective on it the With, next day. I was thinking the word like unresolved. Yes. Like you can go, you can, you can say I love you and still be a little like we have stuff to finish and close, yes. but like yes. we don't have to do it now. Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. And when you were talking about listening, have you heard of peoplehood? No. It's this idea that you go just to be listened to. It's like this group where you show up and you get to share what you're dealing with and they have like these prompts and then you just other people are there just listening and then the time stops and then you get to share and people listen and she made us do this exercise and she said to the person to your left thank god it was my mom they're gonna go for three minutes answering like this question and the other person you're just gonna sit there engaged in listening don't think about what advice you would give Uh don't think about what you would say just listen Was it so hard? So hard. In Sunny School, they do this thing, too, where the teacher will ask a question and they give everybody the chance to, like, sit and think and write it down before they raise their hand so everyone has the opportunity to, like, sit and think and listen. Yeah, we just all need a little bit of perspective on things. Mm -hmm. And I think also, like— we need to really hear what they're saying. Like, yeah. we really need to hear what they're saying. Yeah. It's not always about the tone. The tone thing was always a thing with the two of us. Like, I think 
for us, it's like not getting caught up on the tone, just trying to listen to the message of what they're saying. Yes to all of that. And just being present with someone Mm -hmm. does so much for them. Mm -hmm. Because just to have at least a feeling that someone is like giving you their complete undivided attention and they're here for you like physically and you can feel it Mm -hmm. does a lot these days because everyone's so consumed with everything. I agree. I think that connects you in a way that nothing really else can. You know, when you feel heard and understood and listened to, I think that like that's where true love really exists. And I think that's what can stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, congrats yeah. on such a successful, healthy oh my God, marriage. Stop. Thank you. Love it. Love <laughs> it. It's just so fun to think about. Like, you know, hopefully I always think like, God, I get like bad intrusive thoughts, but I'm like, I hope we grow old together. And I would just feel so blessed if like I get to have kids with you and yes. I get to do life with you. Yes. That's how you should feel. Yeah. That's completely how you should feel. I know. I agree. But do you ever feel like I feel like I'm sometimes not as verbally communicative about how amazing and happy I feel in my relationship because uh-huh. it's like you feel bad if people are single and they don't want to hear it and you want to be sensitive. Oh my God, all the time. But then I'm like, then we're not talking enough about when you're in love, you should be like 100% like obsessed. I know. I'm so with that. And I agree with that. And I think that it does need to happen more because I feel like we put so much of an emphasis on people complaining about how horrible things are. It's kind of like, it's weird. It's when you're young in your 20s, you're complaining nonstop about relationships. And then you start getting into relationships and you have an opinion about everybody else's relationship. And then everybody's in relationships and no one wants to talk about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like you can tell someone's being really vulnerable when they open up to something wrong in like the marriage, you yeah. know, because they're so afraid of like judgment from other people. But it's so normal. Mm-hmm. Like Timmy and I will even air out fights on our podcast <laughs> so that people can like hear what like we think a normal fight sounds like, yeah. you know? That's iconic. Yeah. I think Max and I did that once. We barely, but we aired this argument about like, dishes and like household chores. And yeah, I don't know. I get sensitive wanting to like, I mean, I admire you for doing that, but I would feel like if people were messaging me or my husband being like, I side with you or I can't believe you did this. I'm like, whoa, like you're not in this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People are usually very like go team. Right. Like they're like, I can see where both of you guys are coming from. Right. Yeah. funny. funny. And I had like a, not like an argument, but we were at dinner the other night and I thought our conversation hit a very natural pause. And so, you know, I said, yeah, that, that, that sucks. And he was like, yeah. And he like sat back and I was like, okay. So I went to look at my phone because I was waiting on a text for something the next day. Okay. And then he started talking. I'm a really bad multitasker. Same. If I'm staring at a phone, the ears don't work. No, same. Just know it about me. And so then he says this whole thing and then he looks at me and I'm on my phone. He's like, babe. I'm like, what? He's like, you didn't hear anything I just said? I was like, no. He's like, that's so bad. And I was like, I I thought our conversation ended. He's like, you didn't hear me start to talk again. I'm like, it was like so innocent. Yeah. So innocent. But in that moment, I wanted to be like, let's go on Instagram and detail this because I think I should be forgiven here. Totally. Like, (laughs) so not something that you meant to do. Right. But I didn't because I am trying to set some boundaries with social media. Yes. Like after a certain hour, just, I, I can't, I'm not going to post because um, yeah. then I never stop working. I, I think that like once I put Sunny to sleep at like 7.38, I'll maybe do a little quick scroll if I want to or like a quick check at what my day looks like the next day. And then I'm like, 
done. I go charge it in the other room and I try not to engage with it for the rest of the night. Yeah. I don't think that it's healthy for us. Like, yeah, I I really have to set boundaries with it. Like, and I'm trying not to go to it immediately when I wake up too, even though that's really hard. Do you get anxious now posting? Like, will you read all your comments and your messages? Like, I read all of them. Yeah, but I'm not getting anxious anymore. I'm really, I feel like I can heal from things quickly. Like, yeah. I, like I was in it and it was affecting me and then I get over it really fast, you know? And like now, I no, I'm I'm going to read everything because I, I want to engage and like this is a community, but I'm not going to obsess over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just hard because, right, yeah. if you post and you say, and I'm not going to look at anything, it's like such so a one-sided relationship where we totally. don't we don't actually get everything out of it because there are these amazing people who are saying nice things or they have questions or they're funny, like so funny, and they know the inside jokes. Exactly. And so you want to engage, but when you're doing that, you're going to come across the negative ones. Exactly. Like I can't spend too much energy thinking about that. I have to more think about like the content of what I'm putting out, not how people are going to feel from it, you know? Yeah, and I think that's great advice for everyone in their lives. Yeah. You have to be you. Yeah. You have to do what you want to do. It's going to come with people's opinions and judgments. No and what. Yeah. And the only other option is we live small exactly. out of fear. Exactly. And I don't want to do that. No. Because I, I remember Kelly Catrone saying to me once, like, nothing worth having has ever come without taking risks, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, we have to take risks. We have to put ourselves out there. Even if whatever we're nervous about, as different as we think we may feel, as much as we feel like someone may not identify, like, it seems to be that those are the moments when someone always does. And when you find that out and you're validated and you're like, oh, my God, now I don't feel so alone. Now, how great is it that this person doesn't feel so alone, you know? Yeah. You're just so cool. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm glad I never watched The Hills, so I never formed an opinion about you, you prior to meeting you. You would have totally— I'm sure it would have been all good things. Yeah. I was totally fine on The Hills. Like, I <laughs> was just Lauren's friend in the fashion closet. Lauren was the main girl, and she would come in to work every day and tell me her drama, like what happened at yeah. the club the night before, and I would just give her, like, friendly advice. Love that. Yeah, it was good. You should watch it. I, honestly, now I want to go back and see that first episode of you. Yes. Because like, now that really I know this story <laughs> like and I'm wearing my first day filming I'm wearing like a vintage paisley cowboy dress with like cowboy boots and my hair is bleach blonde down to here ringlet curls Slay. like get ready you're Slay. gonna die. yeah Timmy and I during COVID didn't know what to do with ourselves so we went back and watched the old episodes of the hills in the city and did reaction videos on YouTube oh my god so if you actually that's the that's way to my, watch that's it that's what I'm doing this weekend don't watch it on its own because it's we do the whole episode okay so I'm so glad you told me yeah maybe, it's called previously maybe I'll put a gummy in and turn that on you'll die <laughs> it's so up your alley. You'll have fun with it. Okay, great. Well, yeah. Whitney, thank you so much. Oh my God, I my pleasure. I literally loved, I loved hosting you. I'm Me so excited too. for everyone to hear this. Thank you. I feel like people can be really misunderstood on social media. And I'm, thank you for trusting me and coming on the show and being so open. My pleasure. My sister told me I was going to love you and oh, you're awesome. Yay. So thank you Hi so to much. your sis. Yay. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.